Hello, and thank you for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcast. The Teaching Math Teaching Podcast is sponsored by the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators, a community of math teacher educators learning to teach math teachers better. I'm your host, Joel Amidon, and today we are talking with two folks. We're talking with Courtney Kessler, Director of the Ohio Center for Equity in Mathematics and Science, who is also an Associate Professor of Instruction at Ohio University, and Ava Thanheiser, Professor of Mathematics Education at Portland State University, also a co-host of this podcast. And we are talking to Courtney and Ava because they are the book editors of the latest volume of the AMTE professional book series, Building Community to Center Equity and Justice in Mathematics Teacher Education. And they are accepting proposals for chapters. So we are going to get a chance to talk with them about their experience with math teacher education and also about the book. Welcome, Courtney. How are you? I'm good. Good to be here. Thanks, Joel. And welcome, Ava. How are you doing? Excellent. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, this is great. Uh, we haven't had a chance to, I haven't had a chance to talk to Ava in a while. So it's great to have her back on the podcast. And Courtney, uh, you and Matt were one of the first, I don't know, two or three episodes, like you were on one of the first two or three episodes of the Teaching Math Teaching podcast, like pre-pandemic. So it's good to have you back on the podcast as well. Thanks. And Joel, we go way back, don't we? Way, way back, way back. Uh, I was just looking at some of our work the other day. I'm like, wow, I got to talk with Courtney again about some of this stuff. So, um, but you know what? So that, that gets us back into thinking about kind of our, our, our past or history with mathematics teacher education. So I'm going to start with you, Courtney. And again, we, we didn't have these questions when we talked to you on the, on the uh, way back when, when we first started the podcast. So how did you start teaching math teachers and, and why did you start teaching math teachers? Well, so I started teaching math teachers as a mathematics coach. I um, was a math, I was a teacher, I was the classroom teacher for several years. I taught second grade and fourth and fifth grade, and I was a middle school teacher, but I became a school-based math teacher educator um, for a couple years in a, in a public elementary school for the arts and sciences. Uh, it was a Title I position. And I worked with some of the greatest colleagues I could ever imagine in Fairfax County Public Schools. And in that position at first, I thought I was kind of supposed to be an expert, but I found out very quickly that I, I um, was learning alongside my colleagues. And I think it, it was just a really, really powerful experience. Um, and after a few years of doing that, I then went to graduate school um, and became a university-based teacher educator where I was teaching math methods courses. Yes, that's one thing I really like. You consistently, I, so we got a chance to go to grad school together, like you're consistently honoring math teachers and their work. And so I, I, I always, I point to you whenever I, I think about that and like making sure that where are we doing, how are we thinking about the expertise of, of math teachers and, and the work that we do as math teacher educators. Ava, same question to you. How did you start teaching math teachers? My story is really almost the opposite of Courtney's. Um, so I was going to school to become a high school teacher in Germany, which is grades five through 12 or 13 um, for math and English. And then um, came to the U.S. on an exchange program through my English um, scholarship. And um, then like, just landed in the math department at that university and then got a master's there. And in my second year 
in the US, I found out that a field of mathematics education exists, which like blew my mind because that's what I've always wanted to do is work with kids on math. And so I applied to study it, not really knowing much about it. (laughs) That's how I ended up. And then I wanted to study kids, but I ended up on a grant um, where I was working with um, prospective uh, elementary teachers. And it was just fascinating work. So I kind of centered there. And um, I've been doing that ever since. Yeah. So what is the best advice uh, you both received when you started teaching math teachers? Whoever wants to start with that one can go. Um, I, I, so I, I don't know if it was explicit advice, but I think it was more implicit and it has to do with being curious. And I think a lot, I think a lot back to my uh, math coaching days and working with a master teacher, her name was Emily. She had many, many years of experience. And again, like I'm coming in as a math coach, I'm supposed to be, you know, the expert in some ways. And she would come to me for advice. And I would think she has the experience and she has the expertise, but she was always thinking and always learning. And I really love that about her. And so I realized that while I also had experience and expertise, it was really about always um, learning and always having that intellectual curiosity about children, about math, about math education. And so I've tried to, um, you know, continue that on. I mean, I know we always hear like, you know, teachers should be lifelong learners, but it was really about being curious about not just teaching and learning, but about people and really seeing the humanity of them. And um, so I think that's, that's something that I'm thinking a lot about in my work right now and my work with Ava, just that um, the curiosity piece, but also the criticality piece. And, um, yeah, just, just being curious about the people we work with in really respectful ways and how to continue that in my work. Courtney, was that like taking the, I mean, and I, you know, heard you talking about working with kids and, and things like that. Is it, was that almost like taking your mindset of working with kids and like how they would work with a math problem and having that curiosity and honoring them and their ideas and things, and almost like transferring that to working with with teachers? Was it sort of similar or parallel in a way? Absolutely. I think that um, it's important to always be wondering about who people are and why they're coming to this, to our classes and, and, and never having assumptions about, you know, why they're thinking the way they are and always wanting to unpack that and in really meaningful and respectful ways, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, awesome. Ava, how about you? Ditto. And this one, <laughs> really like Courtney. Um, I, I want to follow up on the um, assumptions and curiosity. I think very early on, I learned um, through my mentors to um, always assume so not make no assumptions, but always assume that um, whatever a person says makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. And if we can't make sense of it, then we just haven't understood it yet. And 
I think that has served me really well, even when my focus was really almost exclusively on um, traditional mathematics and also now where I'm incorporating broader backgrounds of students. So if I can't make sense of what they're doing, that's on me. I need to try Mm -hmm. to make better sense of it. And I think that's in general, even as an academic, I approach kind of the world that way. Yeah, I really appreciate how you articulated that because we have to make assumptions all the time, every day when we're living our lives, right? We can't mm-hmm. not. And so t- to have that idea of, um, to understand that the way somebody's thinking about something makes sense to them. So for me to think about trying to understand why it makes sense to them is a really important aspect of our work. Yeah, like these are my core assumptions going in. I'm going to assume that what they say makes sense. So now given that assumption, now how do I respond? I like, I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, So what advice and and maybe, so maybe you'd say exactly what you said as your advice. So maybe we can get an opportunity to give another piece of advice, but what advice would you give to someone else starting out in this role of teaching math teachers? I would say my general advice that I always give is just be genuinely curious. This is true for teaching and for research. If you go in and you really want to know, that's the best way of guiding you, whether you conduct an interview or whether you're talking to a child or a teacher about something. Um, yeah, I think that that would be one piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, something I continue to work on is thinking about how to humanize our, our work, how to think of how to humanize our classroom spaces, how to humanize our courses from the syllabus to the first day to the, you know, each weekly class meeting, how to humanize our research, how to make it more respectful, how to make it more meaningful. And I don't mean to put you on the spot. Can you, can you give a but I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you give an example of that? Cause I think you do a really good job of this Courtney. And I just, I, I think I just, I want, you know, the audience to hear just, just what's something like that you do that, that tries to get at that idea of, of humanizing and whatever aspect of the work. Uh, some of it's discourse, like thinking about how we're uh, framing people, how, how we're framing children, mm-hmm. but obviously it has to move beyond discourse. So sometimes I do think a lot of times when we're, really uh, being thoughtful about our discourse, it can change the way we frame people and frame um, the way we're thinking about them, but also, and each other. Um, But just thinking about the way we're interacting with people, how we're, um, the expectations we have of our students, the way we respond to them when they're, when they're needing something. Excellent. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I, think, I think it all goes back to, you know, the sta- this power and status we have as um, teachers, right? Like there's always going to be that power and status that we hold over students. And so how to think about that, how to um, mitigate issues that come with that and um, how to provide safe and welcoming and um, warm places that our students can come into our classes and learn to be humanizing and 
welcoming teachers themselves. Yeah. I'll add to that, Courtney, um, of having the expectation and the strong belief that everyone in your classroom is capable of learning uh, math. So I think that's really important as well. I just went like in the video when you talking about like the, the Courtney back to talking about the power status. I mean, I know this goes back to your initial story, like talking about like as a math coach, like with a, working with a teacher, but yet there's the teacher has all this wealth of information. And so like, if that could have been a real sticky situation, if you're going in and being like, well, I am the expert, I am telling you what to do. Like that, it, that wouldn't have worked. That wouldn't have flew if you would have done that uh, sort of way to operate. And then thinking about then the, the advice that you give, I think that's really like, there is this, the assumption is that there is this power relationship, but, but then how do you, if there is assumption of that, then how do you operate in a place that makes it uh, more human or dare, like directs it? I don't know. I guess I'm kind of rambling there. Yeah. I, I mean, the best times when I go out into schools is to see our teacher candidates learning with our mentor teachers and I'm there and it's like this, like multi-directional learning, right? Yeah, and then yeah, the yeah. kids are there too, right. right? So we're all learning from each other. The teacher candidates are learning from kids. The teacher candidates are learning from me. I'm learning from the kids, right? right? And like, we're all, we're talking about it, right? So, I mean, I, that's the first thing I say to a group of students when I'm there, right? Like I'm here to teach you a lesson and you're going to learn from me, but I'm here because I'm learning from you. And they're like, what? Right. And, but then we talk about why teacher candidates there and what the role of the mentor teacher is like just having that explicit conversation with kids. And then they see how like there's all this multi-directional learning like that, like that is what teaching's about. That's what teacher education is about. And so that to me is so exciting that little kids get to see that and the teacher candidates get to see that I'm there learning from them. Yeah, that's, that, that's why I do what I do. I think that might be a great transition to talk about the book. <laughs> I, there you go. So tell us about the book. And so the title is building community to center equity and justice in mathematics teacher education. So tell us about it. What led to the the proposal? Um, this is the next in the professional, uh, learn, uh, professional book series, right? From AMTE. So yeah, tell us about it. So at least a year ago, I maybe should have looked at the date, but um, <laughs> <laughs> a while ago, a group of critical friends started meeting every week. Um, it was Ava and um, Catherine Yeh and Naomi Jessup and Anita Wager and some other people, but that was the core group of people. Um, so Ava, Catherine, Naomi, Anita, and I um, started meeting each week where we would talk about our and work. And Crystal. Oh, gosh, Crystal. Yeah, sorry, Crystal Calumet Craig. Sorry, Crystal. Can't forget <laughs> Crystal. Crystal. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, so we all started uh, meeting, and we would talk about um, things that were happening in our uh, methods and content courses. We would talk about um, our research work. We would um, develop things to all implement in our courses and then come back and talk about it. We were collecting data. Um, Hold on, I'm sorry. We, um, excuse me. Hello? 
And um, so we were doing all kinds of work with kind of a critical friends framework, but we were also not only talking about professional work, we were also talking about personal stuff. Like how, how do you um, do kind of equity and justice work um, at different kind in different kinds of contexts, but also how do you um, kind of survive in pandemic times as well? Yeah. Right. Ava, do you want to talk about our critical friends group at all? Yeah, I think it was a like, I think we started meeting pretty early in the um, pandemic and then met throughout just to kind of support each other through like, how do you do this? And it allowed us to learn from each other in general, but also support each other with the quick move to online teaching. Um, like, how do you take this and do it online? And there was a lot of resource sharing and idea sharing. And um, yeah, I think that's about it for that. And there were other people who joined the group at different times. There were some people who would drop in for a couple weeks or drop in, you know, every once in a while. Um, so it was bigger than that core group, but um, so we've written a couple pieces together about our critical friends group that we've written a piece um, about critical literacy and math education. So, and this, this book was just one um, kind of scholarly product that we started developing. Um, we, it, we, we, all six of us worked on it, but it was really um, Ava, Kathry and I that kind of started really working um, hard on it. So the purpose of the book is really to highlight the importance of community and of building community when doing equity and justice work. And, um, you know, we, I think, all have an idea of what that means, but I think the book is also about um, bringing together other people's ideas of conceptualizing what it really means, what community means, and what it looks like when um, math teacher educators are doing it um, in their specific contexts. Nice. So who, who do you want to develop chapters for this book? So there's a call for proposal, there's a call for chapter proposals or yeah. So who, who do you want to develop those proposals? I'm pulling up the call um, quick to remind me, but um, I think anyone that works I think the focus is on teacher education, right? Because it's an AMT book, but anyone that works uh, in a setting um, in mass education where they um, do any kind of critical work. And because to do that, you have to create community. And that's the thing we helped each other out in our friend group too is, um, so how do you establish a community where you can address difficult topics, um, where people are comfortable, um, you know, talking about things that we don't typically maybe talk about and we definitely don't typically talk about in math classes. And I think we all do this, but I'm not sure if all of us always do it explicitly and so when we started talking about it, we shared ideas and then we looked and we thought, oh, there isn't really a lot of collection out there on how do you do this? How do you um, learn to get to know each other in classes? And I think all of us um, 
be, uh, build these bonds in our classes where our students know each other at the end. And I don't think that's always typical in math classes either. And so I, we just thought it would be cool to have a collection of activities that, you know, for everybody, especially for people who are newer to this, but for everybody, right? We're curious to learn from everybody who submits um, what are great ideas and how do you do, do these things? Do you think this is hard for people to talk about? Because maybe they, it, and, and I'm just saying from a perspective of, there might be things that you do as a teacher or as a teacher educator that, you know, it, it might take somebody else to like tap you, tap you on the shoulder and be like, Hey, this thing you're doing is, is unique, is interesting. is like, you're building community. Like you might not even know you're doing it. Like, did you, in your group, did you have to like do some of that? Like, Oh, you do that. You know, that's, that's interesting that you do that with your methods class. That's interesting. Like I just remember talking with Jen Wolf and some of the things that she does and I was like, Oh, wow. That's, I, there's things I should be doing with my students. I didn't really, and it's just part of what she normally does uh, with her, her classes. I don't know. Did, how, how do you think about that with the scarred uh, building community? Is it, you have to be intentional about thinking about it. Well, that, that exact kind of conversation happened all the time in the critical friends group where it's like, Oh, wow, that sounds amazing. I totally want to implement that in my class. And that that's the kind of thing I feel like Ava is really good at where, um, Ava will, Ava just tries things out all the time. And so I'm always so inspired by Ava and um, the kinds of things that she's able to do in her classroom. And I, I'm always learning from all of these people. And yeah, people like Jen Wolf, where she's doing all this really great stuff with and for her students. So let me give you an example, Joel, of nice. um, something we just tried and um, Hopefully it'll make a chapter um, it is going to be at PMNA. but Courtney and myself and a bunch of other people are running a grant across two institutions with grad students that didn't know each other and then not all the PIs knew each other really well. And so we really challenged ourselves and took um, the social identity wheel which talks about race, ethnicity, gender, religion, like pretty much every topic that is, you would say, don't talk about at Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so we took that wheel and we each um, created an introduction to the group on ourselves and then shared with each other as a community building activity for our collaboration because we're not in the same place and because we're not all knowing each other. And there's also status differences within um, you know, PIs and grad students. And we tried it out and it was interesting and there's some positives and some stuff we might want to change. Um, but it was just a new kind of um, way that I experienced uh, to how to do introductions. And I would say what it what it did is it just kind of sped up the getting to know you pro um getting to know you process because you know like we talked about what religion what background people shared like all kinds of authentic things that you might learn about over years in small right. conversations mm -hmm. and this really opened up a way to connect to each other and another activity that um amanda sugimoto um it, 
introduced me to is the like circles of what you care about. And I've been doing that in my class now where you draw a circle and you put in the center what you care about a lot and like closer to the edges what you care about a little bit less. And like in that moment, Mm -hmm. everybody does that. And then you talk to each other about it. And then I've built on that and I had the students use a different color the next day and say, so now add some stuff that you care about today. And, um, and so I'm studying that right now in my class, how that helps my students get to know each other. And this is a class with math majors. They're not teachers. So it's really interesting because they, they're not used to this at all. Um, So I think it's just like, you know, somebody has an idea and you hear it and you go like, oh, I want to do something like, so mm-hmm. the, the, the idea of the book is let's just share all these ideas so everybody right. has access. Well, I like the example, the first example you shared where you said like, we're refining this, like it's not perfect. Like, and that's not, you're not looking for these perfect activities or perfect examples. You're looking for you know, refined activities, but they don't have to be like, they're, you want to put the ideas out there so that they get used. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always true, right? Like no matter what activity you find, you have to make it work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and I kind of got there, but what advice would you give to those developing uh, chapter proposals? Well, we envision the book to be written from a practitioner stance. So, um, but also be from, you know, a a critical research base also. So I think that there are things that we want people who to have tr- to have used, to have tried, um, but that can also be about conceptualizing this idea of what community means or mm-hmm. could mean in math teacher education um, to figure out how to understand why community is important when doing equity and justice work and to move, because I think that in math teacher education, we've been talking about how to have these kinds of conversations about equity and justice for a while, but how to move that to action. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, you know, this semester and in previous semesters, I've taught a diversity course that's not math education. And I still sometimes like I get nervous to have these conversations and it's a diversity course, right? (laughs) And so like in math and when I'm teaching math methods, it's like times 10, right? Because I think like, how am I going to frame this as relevant to math teacher education? Even though I know it's relevant, right? right? It's still like, how do I frame it in a way that my, that the teacher candidates will see as, you know, important and relevant and part of math education. And so um, I think it's, um, that's what this book is about. Like, how do we develop a community where it, it that these are part of the conversations we have as a community of math educators, as a community of math teachers. Yeah, I'm going to follow up um, as I was listening to you. I think there's also multiple layers here as with everything, right? Where you you build community um, for this kind of work because you value everybody's input and you want to make that clear, but you also build community in this kind of work because you address topics like racism, sexism, uh, you know, all kinds of things, which if you don't have community, it's hard to talk about Mm -hmm. it without, it's always hard to talk about these, right? Right. But it's a little bit 
easier with um, build community. And I think we very carefully crafted the deadlines for the book. Um, so the first idea, um, like two pager for an idea is due on September 15th. And the idea was that, you know, if you always had an idea, but you haven't tried it yet, you can try it out at the beginning of the school year and then send us your idea. And then we can give you like our thoughts and then um, write it up. So that was very purposeful um, with the deadline so that like, if you've already done stuff, great, you can write it up, right? But if you, if you want to do something, it allows you to try it out in your class and um, send it in before. I love that. So like this, this could be the, the spark for somebody to like, wow, I, I've, I've always wanted to do this. So now, hey, that could be the motivation. Excellent. Um, and going oh, going back going. to your Sorry. previous question, we do, um, we're hoping to have um, a lot of different kinds of contexts represented. Like we want cases that um, are with prospective teachers, with, with practicing teachers and professional development. Um, context with doctoral students, with other math teacher educators, just we want different kinds of, um, you know, context in which this work is done. Yeah. Yeah. And like Courtney said, those are the list of sections. And then we have another section because we were like, we don't know what else is out there. And we really want it to be open for anything. So just like the curiosity that you have about uh, students thinking and teachers thinking, it's like, I wonder what's going to happen with, with these uh, chapters that are flowing and, and being open to, hey, they're, 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 we might need that, uh, that other spot to, to, to put some things that we didn't even expect. But that, I love it. I love it. We already are prepared, prepared to be uh, amazed. That's awesome. Um, where would someone go if they want to find out more about the book and the request for proposals? So right now the proposal is on the AMTE website Fantastic. and we also, you can also email um, Ava or I, uh, Ava or me, uh, but we also have a Gmail build community in MTE at gmail.com. All right. And we will post links to everything also in the show notes. And I, I know also too, that both of you are very helpful and open to, to conversation. So like that's uh, a, that's what's cool about that is that this, this again could spark some some good stuff happening. I was just gonna add, Joel, that if anybody has any ideas or thoughts and wants to just talk to us before writing that two pager, please feel free to email us and just run ideas by or something. We'd be happy to talk to anybody. Mostly Courtney would be happy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anything else to? promote before we I mean so we'll have again the links to everything here that we just talked anything else that you want to talk about anything definitely else? have something to promote don't we Courtney <laughs> there's a whole book series coming out this summer um for the oh my gosh what's the title um Her, uh, lessons to explore understand and respond to social injustice for the early elementary upper elementary and middle school levels and both Courtney and I have been part, Courtney of the early elementary and I'm of the middle school uh, section. So that's gonna be a, a bunch of groups of lessons that you can implement at those levels. And um, the middle school book for sure has a brand new chapter in it about building community. 
that uh, Mary Regoza and myself um, crafted with all of our co-authors. And I think, Courtney, you guys are also talking a little bit about that in your book, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know how big of a fan I was of the high school edition and we had those authors on. Uh, we did a, I think that was our first No Guilt book club way, way back in early pandemic time. But uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited about these books coming out. So yeah. Uh, and are those available to purchase now or is it? They're on the website, but at Corvain and at Amazon, you can find them, but I don't know that you can buy them yet. So maybe They're, it's pre-ordered. They'll be out in August. Awesome. Very good. So, but we'll put links out to that information as well. And I have two children's books out. That, hey! That was a new thing that I have, um, which was really exciting. That is awesome. Um, yep. So that was... <laughs> well, what, what are the titles? Like, I, uh, um, so Matt is actually, they were co-authored by Matt and I. Um, one is called Exploring Our Schools, and one is called Communities Near and Far. They're in a series called Data in Your World. Nice. Yeah, so that it was fun to write a children's book series there for um, upper elementary and middle school. And it was um, re it was a really good experience working with um, Rourke Education and Carson DeLosa. But uh, it was also interesting <laughs> working with uh, a publishing company. But I, I um, our, our editor was amazing. Awesome. See, I, I thought I knew everything. And then like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden like two children's books just pop up. Like that's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's all right. Great. I'll add one more thing. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, it's not quite done yet, but Amy Mamolo and myself are um, co-editing a special issue in the Journal of Math Behavior on um, the math that underlies society. So again, it's really relevant to this idea of connecting math um, to the world and how do we teach these things. Um, and that should be out next year as well. Great, awesome, lots of links. Our show notes are gonna be full, that's great. Well, uh, thank you, Courtney, thank you, Ava. Uh, and thank you, uh, listeners, uh, for listening to the Teaching Math Teaching Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. We hope that you're able to take action on something you just heard. Maybe you want to author a chapter. Maybe you want to go get some books and interact with other math teacher educators. Speaking of interacting, what do you want to hear about in upcoming podcasts? Who do you want to hear from? Let us know uh, through the virtual suggestion box. Find it at the contact us page at teachingmathteachingpodcast.com or in the show notes for this episode. Also, did you know that AMTE has another podcast? The Mathematics Teacher Educator Podcast. The MTE Podcast accompanies the latest edition of the Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal and has authors join host, Ava Thanheiser. As they discuss the work they have published in the journal, find a link to the MTE Podcast website in the show notes for this episode.